Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In three, two, one. Seven things you probably didn't know, you need to know. I'm Danny East and this is the Smart 7 2021 Christmas Special. Each day across Christmas and the New Year, we're going to have a brand new episode of The Smart 7 to help you remember the biggest moments from another dramatic year. Plus, we've got a special guest host joining us who will take us through the seven biggest moments from the last 12 months, including Danny Dyer, Edith Bowman, The Bunker and Gabby Roslin. In today's episode, we're looking back at the events of the final quarter of 2021, the seven biggest stories between October and December. It was a chaotic end to the year with the Omicron variant appearing in late November and spreading with lightning speed across the globe. But the quarter started with a focus on a different global crisis, the climate crisis and the COP26 summit in Glasgow. Even before the climate summit started, teen activist Greta Thunberg was pessimistic about its potential outcome. This is not about some expensive, politically correct, green act of bunny-hugging or blah, blah, blah. Build back better, blah, blah, blah. Green economy, blah, blah, blah. This is all we hear from our so-called leaders. Words that sound great, but so far has led to no action. The summit finally opened officially on Monday the 1st of November and Prime Minister Boris Johnson had the honour of formally opening the event. Welcome to Glasgow and to Scotland, whose most globally famous fictional son is almost certainly a man... Whoa, hold on, what, where, where's this going? Braveheart? Robert the Bruce? ...called James Bond. What? No. ...who generally comes to the climax of his highly lucrative film strapped to a doomsday device, while a red digital clock ticks down remorselessly to a detonation that will end human life as we know it. Right. We know you watched No Time to Die in the big blue briefing room and you can definitely put it through as expenses now, but what about the climate conference, pal? We are in roughly the same position, my fellow global leaders, as James Bond today. Jeez, maybe the Prince of Wales had some more sensible opening remarks, eh? We have a precious opportunity to make sustainability the growth story of our time, yet the window for action is, as we all know, rapidly closing. The summit ran over, finishing two days late, and attracted serious criticism for failing to nail down the biggest polluters and get enough concrete commitments to keep the one-and-a-half-degree target alive. Boris, however, was staying positive. For the first time ever, a UN climate change conference has delivered a mandate to cut coal power generation. And it's backed up by real action from individual countries. It is beyond question that Glasgow has sounded the death knell for coal power. He's also positive that the summit creates a roadmap for action on climate change. COP26 has shown that we can put the brakes on runaway climate change and we can preserve our unique planet for generations to come. In a year of drama, one event really stood out as a quiet Friday afternoon in Leon C in Essex saw Conservative MP Sir David Amos attacked in his constituency office. 
He was stabbed multiple times and died at the scene, despite the best efforts of paramedics. Boris led the tributes to the popular MP. Well, I think all our hearts are full of shock and sadness uh, to the loss of Sir David Amos MP, who was killed in his constituency surgery. And the reason I think people are so shocked and saddened is, above all, he was one of the kindest, nicest, most gentle people in politics. Sir Roger Gale, who joined the House of Commons on the same day as David in 1983, was deeply saddened by his loss. He was a devout and devoted man. He was the kindest of people. He spent his entire life, dedicated his life, trying to work for people and animals. The Commons gathered on Monday the 18th of October and Boris made an announcement that saw the lifelong dream of Sir David's finally become a reality. I'm happy to announce that Her Majesty has agreed that Southend will be accorded the city status it so clearly deserves. Labour leader Sakir Starmer offered his sympathies. On behalf of the entire Labour Party, I want to lean across, to reach across, and to acknowledge the pain that's felt on the opposite benches, and I do. And the sister of murdered MP Joe Cox, who now sits in a seat of Batley and Spen, Kim Leadbeater, shared the pain that those events caused and offered sympathies to Sir David Amos's family. I remember very clearly the moment I took the phone call saying she had been attacked. I remember physically trembling and the visceral pain that overtook me. And it breaks my heart to think that another family has had to experience that phone call and the nightmare which follows. As we come close to the end of the second year of a global pandemic, there was a further twist in the tale. We'd become used to the Delta variant and accustomed to high daily case numbers, but COVID-19 was not finished with us yet. Across the last weekend in November, it became increasingly clear there was a new and potentially far more dangerous variant, which was to become known as Omicron. Boris took to the Big Blue briefing room on a Saturday night as the first cases were discovered in Essex and Nottingham. Our scientists are learning more hour by hour. Omicron can be spread between people who are double vaccinated. Face coverings will be mandatory again on public transport and in shops from Tuesday, and school children aged seven and over will be asked to wear them in public spaces. As cases of the new variant appear to have originated from South Africa, the red travel list is back in operation, and there are also new restrictions for everyone arriving into Britain. We're not going to stop people travelling. But we will require anyone who enters the UK to take a PCR test by the end of the second day after their arrival and to self-isolate until they have a negative result. An emergency meeting of the G7 has been called by Britain and the government's chief scientific advisor, Sir Patrick Vallance, says speed is of the essence. The thing that we need to do is go earlier than you think you want to, harder than you think you want to, and more geographically broad than you think you want to. But of course, the specifics of this are different because this isn't now widespread variant in the UK. It's one that's coming in. Therefore, we need to make sure we've got the right measures in place to detect it. As Boris struggled with Slee's allegations and the many, many Christmas party scandals, it was a real challenge to get the Plan B legislation passed in Parliament on Tuesday the 14th of December. Parliament voted on a string of new measures intended to slow the Omicron wave, including face masks and the use of vaccine passports as part of Boris's Plan B. It didn't go well for the embattled PM as 99 Tory MPs voted against his measures, but thanks to Labour's patriotic support of the legislation passed. The eyes to the right, 441. 
the nose to the left, 41. So the eyes have it, the eyes have it, unlock. However, Labour leader Sakir Starmer wasn't exactly congratulating Boris on the victory. Well, this is a very significant blow to the already damaged um, authority of the Prime Minister. These public health measures would not have gone through if Labour hadn't shown the leadership that the Prime Minister failed to show by voting in the public interest. That's what we did, and it was because of our votes that these measures went through. Boris really didn't have a great 2021. Apart from wrestling with the pandemic, he found himself mired in a row over parliamentary standards, as former Tory MP Owen Paterson ultimately resigned over an investigation into standards into public office. A misjudged attempt to overhaul the rules by the government came badly unstuck, and Labour leader Sakir Starmer was well and truly fired up in November. When the Prime Minister gives the green light to corruption, he corrodes that trust. When he says that the rules to stop vested interests don't apply to his friends, he corrodes that trust. And when he deliberately undermines those charged with stopping corruption, he corrodes that trust. But wait, where was Boris? OSC, he had an important appointment in the... Hexham, about 300 miles to the north, visiting an NHS diagnostic centre. Right. I'm here to look at what we're doing to encourage people to get their, their booster jabs. And that is the single most important thing I think the government can do at the, at the present time. Even though he wasn't at the debate, he also wasn't apologising, arguing instead that he was trying to reform the system. I think it's very important that we get this right, and we are going to hold MPs to account. Keir Starmer wasn't overly impressed by the urgent Hexham visit. Rather than repairing the damage that he's done, the Prime Minister is running scared. When required to lead, he's chosen to hide. The row dragged on and on, with more Tory MPs getting pinged for doing second and even third jobs when they should have been looking after their constituents. Labour's deputy leader Angela Rayner was pointing the finger in one direction only. We're here to represent our constituents, not represent ourselves. And it stinks of sleaze and corruption. And Boris Johnson can't get his house in order. And you know what they say, uh, fish rots from the head up. They really are not representing the British people. They're representing themselves and making a huge amount of money on the back of it. And then, awkwardly, on the global stage at COP26, Boris decided it was the perfect moment to address the corruption rail. I genuinely believe that uh, the UK is not remotely a corrupt country, nor do I believe that our institutions are corrupt. Not content with raising the spectre of corruption on a global stage, he went on to dig into the details of MPs and their second jobs. If that system is going to continue today, then it is crucial that MPs follow the rules. And the rules say you must put your job as an MP first, and you must devote yourself primarily and above all to your constituents. Definitely not embarrassing at all. Thanks, mate. Still to come on this New Year edition of the Smart 7, last Christmas returns to haunt Boris and things go badly wrong on the set of Alec Baldwin's movie Rust. Right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
You're listening to the Smart 7. If you're enjoying it, you might also like the Smart 7 Island Edition. Just search and follow us on your favourite podcast platform. The Tory sleaze row wasn't the only problem Boris had in the last few months of the year. A series of leaks revealed that last Christmas, when the nation was in lockdown, there were a series of parties at Downing Street. Boris, of course, was happy to make a non-denial denial. What I can tell you is that uh, all the guidelines were observed, continue to be observed. And then ITV got hold of footage of former press secretary Allegra Stratton joking with staff at a rehearsal press conference in the Big Blue meeting room days after the party where they rehearsed what they would say if news of the party leaked. Would the Prime Minister condone a Happy What's the answer? I don't know. I didn't know. It wasn't a party. It was cheese and wine. Just clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheese and wine all right? No. It was a business meeting. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's just recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Labour leader Sakir Starmer says that's the final straw and this mess needs to be sorted out. We now know the government broke the rules, they parted, and now they're laughing about it. They're treating the public with contempt. The Prime Minister needs to step up, uh, accept what happened, and apologise. The leaked footage swiftly led to a resignation. No, not him. My remarks seemed to make light of the rules. That was never my intention. I will regret those remarks for the rest of my days, and I offer my profound apologies to all of you at home for them. And this afternoon, I am offering my resignation to the Prime Minister. That was former Press Secretary and now former advisor Allegra Stratton offering a tearful apology as she resigned her post on live TV on Wednesday afternoon. She quit because a video leaked to ITV News in which she joked about the number 10 Christmas party. Boris is furious about the video, but had no idea about a party. I can understand how infuriating it must be to think that the people who have been setting the rules have not been following the rules, Mr Speaker, because I was also furious to see that clip. He also announced that the Cabinet Secretary, Simon Case, would now investigate whether or not there was a party, but Downing Street wouldn't comment on whether Simon was actually at the possible party, but the Met Police won't investigate due to an absence of evidence. So, just to recap, Boris denies there was a party, the person who made jokes about the party has had to resign, the investigator might have been at the party, and Boris is mainly annoyed about the video, rather than a party that happened where he lives, that he wasn't invited to. I apologise for, uh, for the impression that uh, has been given uh, that staff in Downing Street take this less than seriously. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sickened myself and furious about that. I've been repeatedly assured that the order, rules order, are not order, order. Late October saw a dramatic incident on the set of a movie called Rust. It was a western, and while filming in New Mexico, star and producer Alec Baldwin was at the centre of a tragic incident which saw cinematographer Halnia Hutchins killed. CNN's Sarah Snyder reported on the events as they happened. According to investigators, um, this prop gun that Alec Baldwin was apparently holding, um, it was obviously fired. They're trying to figure out what kind of projectile came out um, of the gun. Um, But there was also the director of this film uh, that he was working on called Rust uh, that they are filming. Um, 48-year-old director Joel Souza has also been hit. The death led to tributes and lawsuits and the investigations into what exactly happened is still ongoing. Alec Baldwin was surrounded by reporters a few days later. She was my friend. The day I arrived in Santa Fe, I took her to dinner. 
with Joel, the director. We were a very, very, you know, well-oiled crew shooting a film together, and then this horrible event happened. He was grabbed by reporters with his wife on a roadway, and he says it's a tragic event for all involved. There are incidental accidents uh, uh, on film sets uh, from time to time, but nothing like this. This is a one in a trillion episode. To finish off our look back at 2021, it's Britney time. In the United States, after 13 years of conservatorship, Britney Spears was finally freed by a California court. She described it as the best day of her life in an Instagram post, and it came after a long campaign by fans and multiple documentaries, which dug into the details of the arrangement, which saw her father, Jamie, control every aspect of her life. Speaking after the hearing, Britney's lawyer Matthew Rosengart says there are no further strings attached. We believe it was the right result. Britney specifically requested that there be no mental evaluation and the judge did not require it. And he's confident that with the arrangements that he and his team have created, Britney has full control of her future. Britney, as of today, is a free woman and the rest, with her support system, will be up to Britney. Among the fans gathered outside the court, somewhat implausibly, were everyone's favourite sibling pop duo, Jedwood. Free Britney, yeah. Free Britney, stop the conservatorship. All right. This has been the Smart 7's review of Quarter 4 for 2021. We're back tomorrow at 7am with a brand new episode featuring Danny Dyer's biggest entertainment stories of 2021. Hope you're having a great Christmas and a happy new year from all at the Smart 7. We'll see you tomorrow at 7 a.m. Written, produced, and published by Daft Doris. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.